You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Deborah McMurray is founder, CEO, and strategy architect of Content Pilot LLC, a strategy design, content, and technology company. A former law firm chief marketing officer, Deborah and her team represent the largest global law firms, regional powerhouses, and high-performing local boutiques in the design and launch of websites and proposal centers, experience databases, and other marketing technology tools. She's been inducted into the Legal Marketing Association's Hall of Fame and was elected as a fellow in the College of Law Practice Management. In 2013, she was on the inaugural list of National Law Journal's 2013 Top 50 Legal Business Trailblazers and Pioneers. Deborah is a co-author of four ABA books with her latest released in 2017, The Lawyer's Guide to Marketing on the Internet, 4th Edition. So I've got with me on the show today, Deborah McMurray, founder, CEO, and strategy architect with Content Pilot. Deborah, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much, Scott. My pleasure. So today we're talking about lawyer bios. And as you know, as we mentioned before, I've read literally thousands of those. Some of them are good, and I would say most of them need some help. So before we go into that, tell me about your career trajectory how did your career get you to where you are today and how you're an expert on the marketing and the strategy for marketing related to law firms? Great. Thank you. I have been working with lawyers full-time since 1987 when I moved to Dallas to be the first CMO at what was then the fourth largest law firm in Texas. Hmm. I was in-house for 11 years at that firm plus another one and then started a consultancy in 1998 and then founded Content Pilot in 2006. And so tell one me about layer, Content Pilot. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that for a second so people know what that is. Content Pilot is a, we call it a, a company that really delivers on a four-legged stool, strategy, design, content, and technology. We are very creative designers, writers, and developers, and our uh, three primary technology prod- products our website development, proposal automation tools, and experience database uh, tools. That hits on everything that a law firm needs. It does. We have almost 30 employees and really a full-service agency um, working literally with the, the two largest law firms in the world by number of lawyers or by revenue down to uh, law firms of, you know, 10 lawyers or so, even less than 10 lawyers. So, so our services scale beautifully, depending on the size and geography of the firm. So you've definitely gotten into the weeds in this. You've been on a granular level looking at lawyer bios. What do you think, and this seems like kind of a rudimentary place to begin with the lawyer bio, but don't all lawyers already have those? Why is that a big deal? And what are some things that partners can do to improve theirs? Well, the short answer is yes, they all have something. And um, as you know, certainly in your industry and the work you do with lawyers, the longer answer is that too many of them are terrible. Uh, Content Pilot conducted a recent survey of the partner members of a global law firm network, 
And the majority of those partners admitted that their bios were between two and 10 years old, meaning that they hadn't been updated in, in that period of time. So they, lawyers pay absolutely no attention to how critically important the bio is in the hiring process. Two and 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I would say that that's, that body of lawyers in that global network, and presumably those are sort of business development-oriented partners who would be participating in that. So they might be on the on the high end, and you know, on the on the better end of keeping track of this. But I think lawyers look at their bios as, okay, I did it once, and now I don't have to pay any attention to it again. And then they wonder why they aren't getting found in search engines, and they aren't getting ultimately getting hired. So let me kind of take it to more of a strategic level then related to the lawyer bio. What what would be the outcomes that you would hope a lawyer bio would reach or give to that partner? What are some of the results that you're looking for with an effectively an effective and, and well-written partner bio or lawyer bio? I coined a term a couple of years ago called the three R's, which were not the three R's that we grew up with, but uh, the three R's today, and certainly for law firms of any size, are um, reputation, relationships, and revenue. And lawyers, lawyers want to lose less and want to win more. And for that to happen, they have to be better aligned with the check writer. So to set the stage for winning more, lawyers have to understand how business-to-business buyers of legal services make their purchasing decisions today. And what we see as a website development company, we follow the analytics of all of the law firms that we work with. And what we see is between 50 and 75% of all visitors to the law firm website are viewing the lawyer biography. So great. They have to work really hard once that very important visitor is actually taking time to go on to that page. And that visitor has a set of expectations that have to be met. And so this visitor, out of uh, a thousand visitors to a partner's page, so so you're saying that 50 to 75% of those economic buyers of legal services, they're looking at the partner pages when they visit the law firm sites. So so let's say if if a a lawyer gets a thousand views, how, how many do you think of those thousands could be potential uh, prospects looking at that partner's bio? Let's say if a partner gets a thousand views over the course of the year, how many of those do you think could be prospective clients from your from your studies? It's hard to say exactly how many would be an actual prospect, but my my estimate is that if you figure out how they got to the bio, so if, if they came directly from a Google search. Mm-hmm. That means that they are they probably received a referral to that lawyer and then they land on the bio and they have a certain expectation of what they will find. So the the lawyer and the marketer who's working with the lawyer and in, in creating this bio has to be a mind reader. And the lawyer has to be very clear on what that lawyer wants to be known for and what they want to be hired for. The lawyer who says, well, we do, I, you know, I do everything. I'm a general litigator. I do everything is not helpful. That bio is not going to be helpful to the buyer. But the more specific the lawyer can be in the bio, the better chance that there will be a conversion and a great expression of interest 
and the person actually might reach out to the lawyer by email or, or actually might pick up the phone. So this is interesting because this fits in with what I do as a legal recruiter looking for a certain level of expertise. And I always, in my mind, what I'm looking for is how can this partner convey his or her expertise in a way that shows that prospective client that that client's problems will be solved because that's that's going to determine who's going to get chosen for the work or maybe not the work but at least the initial reach out at least that next step in that in that funnel so to speak mm-hmm. so what do you think would be the expectations if a prospective client we've got a litigation matter a transactional matter we were referred to so and so before we call that person we want to do our due diligence we're going to go to google we're going to try uh, to find that person and we hopefully see that that person comes up and other other pieces of information such as been published in trade association magazines, et cetera. But what would be the expectations? If I'm a prospective client, what is it that I'm looking for in that lawyer bio that's going to give me the confidence to say, let's schedule a call, let's schedule a meeting? It's such a great question. I'm going to back up for two seconds and just give you a sense of how buyers are buying, one aspect of how they are buying today. And they do two levels they make their, their buying decision on two levels. The first level is intellectual or a technical evaluation of, of what someone does. So they are looking at that expertise and they're looking for you, the lawyer, to answer the questions, what have you done, for whom have you done it, and, and then ultimately, what can you do for me? So the lawyer has to be very specific, and I call this the shortness test. Okay. And uh, we still know this is a people business, and much of the work that comes into lawyers and to law firms comes from a referral and for referrals from trusted colleagues, other lawyers, um, other advisors, and so on. And those people, so they have this nice warm referral, they have three names on a list, and they are now evaluating these people. They're doing the shortlist test, and they're evaluating these three lawyers side by side, right. answering those three questions. What have you done? For whom have you done it and what can you do for me? Then, however, once they have made that shortlist test and with everything perceived as being equal of those three lawyers, then they're making an emotional decision. The act, When they're choosing the one lawyer to hire over the other, they're making an emotional decision. Do I trust this person? Do I like this person? Right. And so then often, you know, an interview or some kind of a beauty, formal beauty contest ensues, and that's where you have a relationship, the opportunity to establish a relationship. But in the biography, if you're only covering what I call the um, the first dimension of the three-dimensional biography, the, uh, the, or the 3D bio, which is demonstrate expertise, if you're only covering that, you're missing the point because you get on the short list for your, with your experience and expertise, but you do not often, most often you do not get hired for it. Right. You get hired for the human side, the how you do it, the, you know, the intangible experience that I will have when I'm working with you, um, the trust that I will have in working with you, the, the feeling that you've got my back. And that has to come out in the bio too. And so the, the three-dimensional or the 3D bio consists of the demonstrate expertise, Prove relevancy, which we really haven't talked about yet, which we'll get to in a moment. But then the show humanity. And the show humanity is the how you do it, the 
you know, I something came in on a Sunday night at 10 p.m. and it had to be filed by 8 a.m. the next morning. So that immediately tells a whole lot and gives me a great dimension of what this lawyer really is going to be like and that their urgency will, that, that my urgency will transfer to that lawyer and that, that I'll be well taken care of. Well, this is this is really interesting. And I think what we've heard from you so far is absolutely critical for a lawyer to understand. So let me kind of summarize what you mentioned. So demonstrate the expertise, prove the relevancy, and show humanity. I think you have to have all three of those is what you're saying. Let's look you at the gating, the gating issues. If somebody has – if they've got humanity but they're not credible, they're not going to get the call. You've got to have all three of those. And I'm trying to take everything you mentioned and get my arms around that in uh, moving forward in my next question. What do you think out of those three is the easiest that a partner can do in modifying the bio? What, where do you think that a partner should look at focusing most of the time initially in making modifications to their bio? I think the first thing the first thing they should do is to get their experience current. They are, you know, they're very busy people. They're billing anywhere from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred hours a year, handling numerous matters with various levels of sophistication. Focus on the things. I know I would imagine that some of those things that they're doing in that year are things they frankly don't enjoy very much perhaps are not very profitable, and they don't really, it doesn't build reputation. So really focus, build the bio's expertise and experience list based on what else, what you want to be hired for in the future, what you want to be known for in the future, and really build those elements out. What what we see in those terrible bios that haven't been updated for 10 years, lawyers will have if they list any detailed experience at all, it's stuff that has been done a decade or more ago. In some cases, we see matters that are, you know, are two decades old, and unless it's a seminal case that is still being referenced today, it just looks like you're old and you're right. irrelevant. So update the expertise and the specific experience in your bio based on where you want your career to go and who you want to hire you over the next couple of years. That's the so, first step. Because if, if you, you're, to your point, if you don't do that, you don't get on a short list. So do you think most law firms, do they have the internal expertise where they have people on staff that are helping with this, or do they pretty much tell the partners, just give me your bio and I'll put it on the site? It is a mix. And even some of the largest firms that have really, you know, very sophisticated marketing teams, it's hard for them to get the attention of the lawyers too. So what many of the firms do is hire outside companies. Often this overhaul occurs within the context of a website development project. And and that's a perfect opportunity to refresh all of the bios. So we are often brought in and we will write all of the bios. So interview the lawyers and then write these drafts. And then, of course, the lawyers adjust them. But it's a way for having a consistent tone and voice. It's also a way to update the style and tone where we are writing in a, in a what I would call a friendly, familiar, spirited, conversational voice today. 
which is just frankly much nicer to read. And it's like you're having a conversation with a lawyer as opposed to reading some kind of treatise that is dry, dry, dry as a bone. Right, right. Do you think stylistically, as you mentioned that, do you think that the law firm bio page, should it have the partner in a business attire and a polo shirt? I've seen kind of a mix. Some of them are much more formal without a smile. Uh, some of them show the partner in a polo shirt and his jackets hung over his his shoulder. But what do you think works best for law firms in terms of their style of the partner's bio? It's, uh, you're, you're actually <laughs> making me laugh because when you said that, I immediately thought of a a website, and I, I can't remember the name of the firm, but a website that it was, I guess they, it's a it's a new website project, and all the lawyers, it was all black and white, and all the partners were in, you know, black and white photos, and they were, nobody was smiling, and they were these big images, black and white images, looking really cross, and so unapproachable, and I thought, wow, I wonder if that's really what they were going for. I think they wanted to look tough, and all that it did is it they just looked really unfriendly. So I think the tr- the trend is, and it's really relaxed uh, given fashion in the law firm today. Uh, that could be an entirely another a different topic that we could discuss for right. probably an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> but I think that lawyers should dress. Whatever client base they're trying to attract, they should be professional looking, but they should sort of be aligned with the client, the, their client base. Now, in Silicon Valley, the developers or, you know, multi-million dollar companies are wearing flip-flops and cargo shorts. And, you know, I don't think the lawyer should walk into the room that way, but, um, but the lawyer certainly doesn't need a tie or a jacket. Right. And the photographs on the website are reflecting that. They're they're reflecting, I call it, and this is where some of the show humanity comes in. You know, don't put on a persona that is is anathema to who you really are. Have a persona, you know, create these sort of, we call them kind of magazine-style photos that look like they're artistic and beautiful and um, and appealing and warm and inviting. That's really what we're going for. I think that makes sense. So tell me then, what advice would you give to a partner in terms of updating it on a frequency basis? How often should a partner be looking at a site critically to look for places to insert recent achievements? How often should they be going through that and updating it and kind of looking at it with a different perspective? Well, the easiest thing to do, it doesn't sound easy, but but it really is the easiest thing to do is that after you have concluded a new matter that is significant enough to that, where you want people to know about it, do it right away. At, you know, make that update right away. Or if you've recently been appointed to as president-elect of a charity that's important to you, put that on your bio right away. Or if you've written a new article that is on a subject matter that's important to your reputation, put that on your bio right away. Don't wait for six months because what will happen is you'll get busy. You're going to forget about it and. All of a sudden, you're 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 going to even forget what you've done. So just do it. Keep it updated. 
just right away. It takes two seconds for your marketing team, team to make literally maybe a minute for the marketing team to make that update. I think that's important, an important use of time because you never know who's going to read it. You never know what you never know. to say yes. So I think a partner should look at that bio. That's a key entering point of the funnel. If they're speaking, if they're writing, if they're getting published, if they're doing good work for clients, people are going to talk about them. And the reality, as you know, is that bad news travels faster than good news. But if you do a good job, if you're the one that can solve those problems, well, people want to know about you. And I like the, the fact that you drill it down into demonstrate expertise, prove relevancy, show humanity. And let me ask you about the relevancy part. What are some ways that a partner can, or an attorney can prove their relevancy? What are some things that you've seen that have resulted in getting the call, so to speak? It's a great question, and it's one of the reasons that we included relevancy as, uh, as different than demonstrate expertise. So the first dimension, demonstrate expertise, is all about what you've done historically, and prove relevancy is really what you are doing today and tomorrow. So it's, it's much more future looking. So, and the most important thing a lawyer can do, and this is also, a, you asked a moment ago about what should the lawyer focus on first. Mm-hmm. This is right behind getting your, your experience list updated. Uh, Google and it's, if you Google your name and you look at what the search result is, if you're lucky enough to actually come in and come up in the first you know, one, two, three, or four, or five positions on the first page, then what you want to do is read the first 140 or so characters of that little snippet that Google shows. What they are doing is they're taking either the metadata that's been associated with your bio by your website developer, or they're just taking the first sentence of first 140 characters of the bio page. And so often the lawyers totally waste that real estate. I call that the most effective real estate that a lawyer can own. Because what the, what often you see is Tom Jones is a partner and chair of the corporate and securities practice group of ABC law firm LLP. And however many characters that is, that's often, you know, a hundred characters right there. And then there, and then whatever. Whatever follows is, you know, you just have a few characters left. But that's irrelevant because all that information, other than the lawyer's name, which we want in that first position, everything else is already on the bio. So you don't have to have it in that first little snippet. So what I want you to do is make sure that the keywords that are most important to you getting hired today are in that first 140 characters. And there is a partner at Foley and Lardner named Cliff Rickman. I'll call him out. Um, if you go to his bio, he has the perfect, perfect 140 characters. And I don't have it in front of me, but all right, read it. But it's the perfect way he wants to be known. And he's, he's a leading hospitality lawyer in the country. And it's exactly how he wants to be known. The challenge if lawyers don't do that, when someone is Googling or otherwise searching for your name, if they meet you at a cocktail party the night before and you say you're the leading hospitality lawyer and you start talking about hotels and then they Google your name and what comes up says absolutely nothing about hospitality, mm-hmm. it's going to be a disconnect. And you 
pass yourself off as an expert and you don't even show up on Google and those words aren't showing up on Google. So it's a super easy thing for the lawyers to do to make sure that first sentence or two in their overview is just powerful and packed full of words that make sense to how they want to be known and how they want to be hired. So do you think, and I appreciate that, and thanks for the specific example, do you think if I'm an attorney and I hear what you're telling me, I'm going to go through and I'm going to word it differently, I'm going to shape it, do you think I should start with uh, John Smith is a commercial litigator or do you think it should read something like John Smith helps companies achieve victories in commercial litigation cases? Should it be, should it be targeted towards the results that they're looking to achieve or – should it be uh, stated as this is what they do, or does it matter? Well, it, it depends on your state bar association rule, because you can't really talk about results in many states, Texas being one, New York, Florida being others. So each state bar association has its own set of rules. And if the firm is doing business in that state, or and broadly, we would argue that most major firms are doing business in all 50 states. So you just have to be careful. But what you can say is you can talk about, uh, so I would say, so I would answer the question that you should focus on the specific things that you are doing that you are, if you are handling trademarks and trade secrets for global brands around the world in, you know, in more than 250 countries around the world, what that does is it gives scope, it gives reach. It gives specific capability. So all of a sudden, in that very, very short moment of those few words, you realize, wow, that guy is a powerful player in this space. That's helpful. And that's interesting about the laws stated uh, related to advertising. There's always something, right? There's always something that people need to think of. There's always something. Well, Deborah, your content is fantastic. Thank you for sharing it. Let's kind of end by telling me, and you telling our listeners, what are some things that you want them to know about you, about your company, about your services, and how can they reach you? Thank you for that. And it's been such a treat to visit with you, Scott. I look forward to another time that we can get together and do this. Absolutely. Well, in the last few years, three, four years, my team and I have written more than 1,500 lawyer bios. Wow. So the challenge and the opportunity, of course, is that we we have to make all of them sound different. And there are no two lawyers alike, even though, you know, you think that a labor and employment lawyer at one firm is quite similar to one at another firm. But if you really focus on the three dimensions, you really uncover a lot of things that are unique about that particular person. Right. So Content Pilot, we are known for a strategy-driven approach to everything we do whether we are designing, we are developing, or we are writing. And so for law firms that are in transition or who are merging or who are are moving from the first generation to the second generation of of partners, um, anyone who is in transition, it's a perfect opportunity to bring us in and and we will do our best to, to really differentiate and distinguish the firms in, in just countless ways, starting with the individual lawyers. That's great, Deborah. Well, we'll definitely put your company name up on the show notes. 
and we'll certainly have you back on the podcast. There's probably about three or four things that we could talk about in the future. So I, I know we'll have you back here very soon. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.